Welcome to the Dermastore Podcast. A chat about all things skincare, skin health. And if you're a real skin nerd, we, we hope, hope you'll, you'll join, join the, the conversation. conversation. Welcome to the 12th episode of the Dermastore Podcast. Hey, Laura, how are you doing? Good morning, Greg. I'm fab. How are you? Very well, thank you. Good. How's your week? <laughs> yeah, it's been busy, but, but good. <laughs> Excuse if you hear any sort of planes diving. We, we're quite close to the Stellenbosch airfield here, so that would be the buzzing noise in the background. And the windows open because we have... Load shedding. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Awesome. What did you use this morning? I did a cleanser that we're testing at the moment for upcoming possible launch. It was great i, I really think i enjoy- use the same thing awesome yeah the gel version the cream version okay and then i used my abaji vitamin c serum um the team we rotating the abaji serum nice so we were u- using 10 15 20 so i used the 15 this morning and then i used the keels ultra moisturizing lotion okay. this morning on my skin with huxley's day sun safe spf nice. 50 yeah what, what did you use this month? I used the Zoe Dual Action Scrub shower. Oh. Very nice. I'm not super into scrubs, but I did. I really like that one. Same cleanser as you that we're testing from a brand. And then I used Silamara and CF okay. from SkinCeuticals. Yeah. yeah. And then I actually used the new Endocare Moisturizer, which hasn't launched yet. But maybe by the time this podcast comes out, it would have. And how was that? Very nice. I like it. Okay. Yeah. Do you feel uh, more youthful? Uh, I wouldn't say just yet. <laughs> I mean, I've used it for like four days, okay. but it's a it's a lovely texture, I must say. And then Active D Fluid. Fantastic. Yeah. Your, your fave. Favorite. Okay. Awesome. Cool. So we're going to chat about acne today and we have Dr. Webster in the podcast studio joining us. How are you, Dr. Webster? No, I'm well. Thank you. Good. So obviously a huge topic, we're going to try and keep it light and really go through the, the main kind of causes, who gets acne and jump straight into treatments as well. Because we know obviously there are a ton of ways to, to treat this thing, but starting out, what is your number one piece of advice when it comes to acne? Just top level. Number one, uh, especially if there is a family history of severe acne, the young teenager should come early for treatment and, and product recommendations. Early treatment. Early treatment. Perfect. Okay, so who gets acne and, I mean, is it something that affects only certain people or does everyone at some point during their life get some form of it? Well, most teenagers will get acne. About between 75 to 80% of teenagers will get acne. Okay. But it does often go into adulthood as well. So adult acne is also reasonably common. There are various statistics about it. But between about 15 to 35% of adults will also develop acne. So it's actually quite common. Wow. Okay. And, and is it more common between men and women or is there... I think in women, in adult acne in women is more common. Often if there is a hormonal component to it, you know, if there's hormonal imbalance or perimenopause, it is more, it tends to, certainly in my practice, I see it, it seems to be more common in the adult woman. And uh, one thing just quickly on who gets acne, is it true that we're starting to see acne in younger patients nowadays? It does seem to be, certainly in my practice. I see um, often it can be nine or ten year olds that present with acne. It, it does seem to be in younger patients. Okay, so we have a kind of general understanding of who gets acne. What are the causes of acne? Number one, it is genetic factors. So 
if there is somebody in the family who's had more severe form of acne, their children are more likely to get that form of acne, the nodular cystic acne that can produce scarring. And all acne is hormonal. So it often start, it does start off with puberty and is related to hormonal imbalances in women. The other thing is certain medications can cause acne. Injections, Depo-Provera injections that contain progesterone that can cause acne. Stress can definitely cause it. Uh, diet, a lot of the studies were done a long time ago with milk. Mm. They showed that if you had an excess intake of milk, dairy products in teenagerhood, you would have your acne would be more severe. And that um, age-old myth of if I have a chocolate? Well, not specifically chocolates, but a refined sugars. Mm. So refined sugars can make acne worse. Not specifically, I don't have any studies about <laughs> chocolate itself, but certainly if, you, yeah. if, if you're eating a lot of, say, cook sisters or something. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely uh, so, so, so diet could and then also we get what we call pomade acne so if you're using very greasy gooey things on your skin that's so would that be like comedogenic products yes exactly okay. do you have an example like vaseline okay you know or you're using um so slugging as a teenager is probably not a good idea no, no. <laughs> <laughs> keep that trade for later yeah. okay um so the causes of acne these are the, the triggers that are now going to lead us to the types of acne that we could experience. And some are mild and some are quite severe. Do you want to take us through what types of acne we get? And maybe we can link the type of acne to the possible treatment that we could use for that type of acne. Yeah. So there's very many different classifications about acne, but I like to keep it fairly simple. Okay. And the three groups that I like to, to sort of think about, because it is linked to the treatments, is what we call comedonal acne. Mm-hmm. And that tends to occur in the younger patient where they get seborrhea and they get blackheads and whiteheads. So okay. that's a comedonal acne and a few little pimples. The next stage is papular pustular acne where you get deeper pimples and bigger pustules. And then the most severe type is what we call nodular cystic acne where you get cysts and scarring. And those are the th three big groups. You can also get truncal acne or acne on the trunk. That's also a slightly different group, but I like those three big groups. The most common. The most yeah. common, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so let's link the, the treatments then. So if a patient presented with comedonal acne or blackheads, what would be a suitable treatment for that patient? Well, number one is to use the correct cleanser. So often I will like a slightly foaming cleanser and maybe exfoliation or a scrub maybe sort of once a week or so. And then often at that stage to use a retinoid at nighttime is essential. So obviously there's prescription retinoids and then non-prescription retinoids. So you've got a, a wide choice, but that, that's the sort of mainstay of the treatment at nighttime. And then if there are little pimples in the morning is to use something as a spot treatment. You can use benzoyl peroxide, azelaic acid, salicylic acid, and, and various treatments like that. And you can start the retinols at any kind of age, or what age yeah, would you say? At any stage. Okay. As, as soon as you see those blackheads and whiteheads, you can start. So 11. Yeah, 11. Wow. Something that you have mentioned before is there's no need to go so extreme. So the appropriate treatment for the appropriate type of acne. Exactly. Going on to an antibiotic or isotretinoin for comedonal acne and one or two pimples. Overboard. <laughs> overkill, exactly. Definitely, definitely. And you get the concept of what we call microcomedones. 
So you get small little blackheads and what you can't even see. And that's where you want to start the topical retinoid. Mm. Whether it's a prescription like a dapoline or whether it is a retinol. But you want to start early. As soon as you see that seborrhea and those very early comedones, you want to start the treatment early. And extractions. I mean, this is where your professional skincare therapist plays a very important role to have professional extractions that really is that mechanical removal of blackheads is the best form of treatment for those it is so you get two types of um, comedones so we get what we call open comedones and that's a, a blackhead and that's where the topical retinoids work brilliantly for that but the closed comedone or whitehead the little opening is so tight it won't come out even with isotretinoin and that's where you do need a physical extraction a skin therapist needs to physically open up that closed comedone or else you can do something like an eclairer Mm -hmm. which is a a machine that's got IPL and it's got a thing that sucks out the the blackheads and the whiteheads oh wow so it's like a dual treatment yeah it's got anti-inflammatory properties as well as it it does comedone extraction that sounds amazing and it's very important to treat these because I always say to my patients every blackhead and whitehead will eventually become a pimple so that's where you want to start that treatment early. And, and the frequency of those kind of treatments? I mean, what do you what do you recommend? Well, I would say for extraction, say four to six weeks. Okay. To go regularly mm-hmm. for treatments. That's but, manageable, four to six weeks. But you need to combine it with a topical retinoid at your night time. And your okay. foaming cleansers and yeah. Yeah. And then obviously also make sure you're using the right sunscreen. You mm. know, you're using oil-free matte sunscreen. You mustn't go using a sunscreen that's clogged the pores and make things yeah. worse. So on Dermastore, we've actually got a landing page for our sunscreens and you can shop by oily acne prone by the, the skin type that you have. So take a look there. If you do have oily acne prone skin, then check out that section. So moving on to now the next stage of acne are papules and pustules. What's the difference between the two? Well, again, you're just getting deeper. You're getting deeper red bumps. A papule is a red bump mm-hmm. and then a, a pustule is one that's it's like a pimple yellow with a yellow head. And so when you say red, that's obviously indicative of inflammation. Exactly. So now this that's is when good. bacteria started to join the party. Exactly. Okay. And that's where, again, you could use something like the Eclera, mm-hmm. which has got uh, IPL, which has got anti-inflammatory properties, and it does the comedone extraction. So that's quite useful. And then this is where the stage where you could consider using oral antibiotics like te- oral tetracyclines. But the problem with that is you can develop bacterial resistance. Mm. And we generally worldwide, it's recommend you don't use the oral antibiotics for more than about four months. So it's a more of a temporary thing. So it's very case specific kind exactly. of treatment. You're going to exactly. diagnose the kind of the patient's needs and maybe that at a certain point in their life where they don't want to go on a, a treat- no. yeah, sort of stronger treatment. Yeah. But just knowing that it is temporary. Yeah. It's a suppressive treatment. Mm. The only treatment that is curative is isotretinoin. Right. Raketan? Raketan, yeah. Okay. Or Orotan, there's various trade names. So often what I will do is a teenager might come and see me in the summer. They're cricketers or lifesavers or they're out doing summer sports and I can't put them onto isotretinoin. Mm. So that's where I'll give them oral tetracyclines for a couple of months just to tie them over the summer months. And then I will say, come and see me. Well, in South Africa, our winters are sort of April to September, but come and see me the end of March 
at the end of summer we look at it again and then we can consider isotretinoin over the winter months Mm -hmm. yeah i mean just so people understand isotretinoin wouldn't be used over summer because it makes your son photosensitive isotretinoin makes you photosensitive right especially if you are a sports person i mean if you're indoors and play computer games then you can use it (laughs) (laughs) so on oral antibiotics and what about topical antibiotic treatments so topical prescription antibiotics also need to be limited. There are things like clindamycin. Again, they are useful for a short period of time, but again, you can get bacterial resistance. And definitely you don't want to combine a topical antibiotic with an oral antibiotic. Mm, overboard. They, overboard. Yeah. But that's where products like we've got on Dermastore, non-prescription products like azelaic acid, benzoyl peroxide, mm. tea tree oil, niacinamide all those ingredients are fantastic because you don't get bacterial resistance you don't want to get bacterial resistance and why we love those ingredients so much is they're multifactorial Mm. we speak about it all the time that azelaic acid is not only great for that papule pustule but it calms inflammation of the skin as well it prevents post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation so these ingredients are helping more than one benefit not just the bacterial infection exactly exactly like niacinamide helps with your barrier function Mm. so Often a mistake teenagers make, they sort of want to scrub away the acne, so they end up with an irritant contact dermatitis. And also what's nice is like on Dermastore, we've got Martyderm, the acne over Sycovent, which has actually got tranexamic acid in it. It's the only one anti-acne product that I know of that has got tranexamic acid, and that will help for post-inflammatory pigmentation. Amazing. Which I think is a great, it's a it's brilliant a, product. It's a great product. So just to round up here, the, the mild comedonal acne is topical treatment based. It's got less inflammation. Yes, yes, yeah. So you're going to use your topical treatments. That's usually at a younger age, teenage sort of stage. And then as it progresses, the moderate to severe acne or papular pustular acne, that's where you could look at other things, including antibiotics, um, topically orally limited though. And now we would look at something like if things got really severe, the next stage is the nodular cystic acne. What are your treatment options? So for nodular cystic acne, that is where isotretinoin is the treatment of choice. So in this day and age, nobody should end up with permanent scarring. So that's where isotretinoin, uh, there's various trade names, Roaccutane, Orotane in South Africa. So you, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a wonderful drug. Of all the drugs that I prescribe in my practice, it's one of the most satisfying. Because you see people, teenagers become depressed, they've got mm-hmm. terrible skin, so they're miserable, socially withdrawn before you start the isotretinoin. And sort of six or seven months later, they've got a smile on their face. And what I love so much, because I have been a patient on Roaccutane, and of course the short-term side effects, of the dry skin the redness the flaking it is uncomfortable but it's more about the long term it's the rest of your life that you won't have acne again because you said you know Rakuten puts acne into remission or 80% 80% yeah 90. but 85% after one proper course of isotretinoin there's about an 85% chance that the acne will stay away and won't come back to the same severity so it's just that treatment for four to six months grin and bear it because for the rest of your life but it's so linked to psychology as well I mean it skincare is, skin health if you've got a really bad skin it affects your confidence you know definitely like, it's the quality of life index they've done studies and that's why a lot of people think oh you know that person's got bad acne they're not washing their face properly it's, it's not their fault you know so yeah. that's why they feel bad about it or just suck it up and 
just yes, deal yes. with it. It's yeah. an age and stage thing. Exactly. But actually, you know, as children, especially kids are developing and growing into their own sort of confidence, uh, it's very important, you know, that they feel good in their own skin. Yes, and, no, and it has a huge effect. And as I say, unfortunately, sometimes I find some fathers... Mm. Especially if they haven't had severe acne, they will say, this is a stage you must go through and you must just, as they say, suck yeah, it up. like a rite of passage. Rite right. of passage. Yeah. I disagree with that yeah. completely. I remember, I mean, I went on isotretinoin uh, when I was maybe in my teenage years and it has a huge impact. You also just, after the treatment, you feel so good. Your skin's all clear and you know going forward, it's almost like you don't have to worry about it. It's the same with having braces as well. That day the braces come off, you feel so good. It's the exact same thing, you know, yeah. so... You, you can definitely, you have to sympathize with people with acne, severe acne, and know that there is treatment available. Yes, definitely. And definitely. what I love so much now as well is we also have the, the topical products to help remedy the dryness, the sensitivity. So we can help alleviate some of those symptoms while you're on isotretinone. Exactly. And I think that's why there's so many sort of myths about isotretinoin mm. that it, they went through a horrible experience because it wasn't explained to them properly what products to use mm. while you're on isotretinoin. Well, you always talk about that. You counsel your patients. Yeah, you've got it. You obviously will have dry lips. Your skin will be more sensitive to the sun, but you should be able to manage it quite easily mm -hmm. with the right products. Yeah. And our skin therapists are all really well educated and up to date on what the most relevant product would be while you are on isotretinone. And something also really important to note that... Um, post your course of isotretinone that the drug will still be in your system for up to about 30 days okay yeah, about 30 days so kind of continue that routine yes. for at least another month or so and i think what's also important although you will get a rem acne remission in about 85 percent of patients although the drugs out of your bloodstream after 30 days it, ha it has an effect on your oil glands for about another three to four years awesome so <laughs> so it's unlikely to come back in the next three to four years to the same extent but what happens is you see it clearly in my practice that maybe after a year that seborrhea that oiliness comes back mm. and you get again the micro commodones start coming back okay and that's where you've got to hit it with the retinoid okay and that's where you again a topical retinoid either a prescription one or a retinol or a retinol esters but we love retinoids anyway because yes. you're going to start anti-aging exactly. so let's yeah. let's do it And I think also an important thing is just to say, obviously, you can start isotretinoin at any stage of life. You were just mentioning before this, um, we started that you had a 70-year-old patient. Yes, recently I had a 70. I think he must have been 75, gentleman, and he said, "Doctor, I'm now tired of the pimples." <laughs> <laughs> and unfortunately, the more severe forms of acne will start younger mm -hmm. and go on longer, if not treated correctly. If, if not treated properly. Yeah. So I gave him isotretinoin at the age of 75 and he was so happy. I think a lot of women struggle with it as well and you know adult women so do you recommend like a low dose? You sometimes do give a low dose, okay. you sometimes do give a low dose. I tend to give the proper dose but okay. more recent years I've given a lower dose with less side effects for a slightly longer period of time. Right. But we do sometimes do give a low dose. And do you have any final tips or any closing points on Raakitan for your patients and then overall acne? Well, I think with isotretinoin, because the prices have, with the generics on the market, the prices have come down. 
I think it's it's a powerful drug. It needs to be given under proper supervision. Unfortunately, sometimes it is prescribed, you know, like Smarties. It's not Smarties. It's a powerful drug. You need to have blood tests beforehand. And, you know, women must not fall pregnant, obviously, while they're on it and for 30 days afterwards. It's got to be under proper supervision. Okay, fantastic. And actually something you just mentioned that reminded me, hormonal acne during pregnancy. And so this is quite a common concern with pregnant women. And we do have our podcast on pregnancy, of course. But there are some products that you can use for acne while pregnant. So yes. uh, we do have our landing page and we do try identified on the product pages themselves that it is safe for pregnancy so you can still help alleviate those conditions totally while pregnant. A very good point and also just reach out to our therapists they get this question on the daily so i think that covers everything i'm very happy that we've gotten to this topic it's a big one but you know we're always available to answer your questions and yeah if anything else comes up please uh, send us an email Don't forget to subscribe if you're keen to learn more about what we have to say. We would also really love your thoughts, ideas, and any questions you have for future episodes. You can email us on pod at dermastore.co.za.